0: Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Covid Obesity and Me with the British Obesity Society. We got some fantastic feedback on our first episode with Kathleen Wutton and I really really hope that you found some positivity in what was an inspiring story. This week for episode 2 we are joined by Scott Park. Scott has an amazing story and it's so uplifting. He's just inspiring and just quite simply doesn't stop. He's got such a good life story and I really think you're going to enjoy it. Before we get into it, a little bit of admin. Nova Nordis has provided a financial contribution to the British Obesity Society to fund the creation and development of this podcast season. Nordis has no influence over the content and the full editorial control remains the sole responsibility of the British Obesity Society. Scott is so motivating in the way that he speaks and the way that he attacks the world. He's got some fantastic stories and some fantastic views on the world and we cover absolutely all sorts. I spoke to Scott, I think, before or just after Christmas 2021. I began our conversation as I always do,
1: asking about his childhood. As a young lad, I was always overweight. I never never really did any exercise. Um, I used to play a bit of football, etc., in junior school. Um, and then I went to, in the last year of junior school, I broke my ankle. I got run over by a, a car, um, got a compound fracture of the ankle, and um, broke my tibia and fibula. And I missed the all. and Back then, you was in traction, etc. when you had a bad ankle. And for the whole year, I missed my whole last year of junior school. Um, so after that, I, I absolutely bloomed up. Um, Weight-wise, I went to the senior school. And to be fair, I was probably a bit down, but I was always a jolly lad having a laugh and a joke. So I got on all right, really. I suppose some people could say you, you get bullied. There's people that try to bully you through life, or well, I was quite... i got some good mates and i got on well with some of the girls. Obviously, if you're friendly with the girls, then the other girls don't give you any grief. Um, and I was never very fit. I joined um, the rugby team when I was in there, which was a great laugh. Gave me a load of confidence, but one of my big inspirations, really, when I was a kid there, we was in P- PE class and um, we had a teacher called Mr Barnet and we used to have to do a long run and... For me to have to do three-mile run it, whatever was the worst thing I ever thought. So a couple of the times you make excuses, I'm not going, or my ankles playing up and that. And he, he pulled me over one day and he said, if you if you believe in this, I know that I can get you running the whole distance. And he, he was a good teacher, really. Um, there was me and a couple of other big lads. And I now still on Facebook now and they still run to this day. And he gave me the confidence to do this run. Yeah, I was probably third but last of the first time. But then you start getting better. And he used to run up behind me and say, Parksey, eh? give me a kick up the bum. He probably wouldn't get away with that these days. But we um, used to run around the reservoir and up, up the street at school. And, and you just got fitter and fitter. And he was the first one to really make me believe in myself that you can achieve whatever you want. Um, and then when I, when I left school, still played rugby, but... I was never brilliant at rugby. I would try and thinking, you know, and I was a bit of rough and tumble. And I can remember my teacher, school, sent me off the one day because I was this kid because it was we was both hookers, and he was at a private school, and obviously private school, and a lot better than us at rugby. And he was an hooker. I was a little fat kid, and he was he was like built like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he was uh, an hooker. And he obviously was going to go on to play good things. And every time he got the ball, he run past me. So I thought, forget this, and I tried to grab him. I missed him and I clotheslined him. My own teacher, I think it must have been Mister Fletcher at the time. He sent me off, but it was great camaraderie. And then later on in life, I went to a rugby, rugby um, at the local rugby club, and it was just good having a few beers, eating. I've always loved food. I'm never going to be a stick thin, um, but then I was on a TV program after that, and. The person that changed my mindset on training, no matter how big you am, was a gentleman called Pete Cohen. Um, I was on with him and a lady called Jane, Jane Deville Almond. She she was saying, Scott, you've really got to do something with your life. And um, There was me, my two brothers, my dad, um, and we could have won a holiday to Australia. My brother was terrible, Simon. We couldn't keep him at the pub. My um, dad went on holiday to Turkey, but me and my brother did It was a great programme, and that changed my life for good. We went over to um, Conker's, in, which is Nottingham way, I believe. Um, Nottingham Derby way, somewhere there. And it was an assault course, and I can remember I hadn't been jogging for one, two minutes. How,
0: how heavy were you
1: now? Then? Yeah. Then, see, this is the thing. Everybody goes on about scales. I'm probably at an heavier weight now than I was then. But God, I was out of shape. It was just pure fat. Mm. Pure fat. I've got no muscle definition. I, I was I was just a mess. I was probably I was probably about eighty. Oh actually no. I think I was 19 stone, around 19 stone. And I actually lost probably three stone, somewhere around that on that program. Um but more than that programme and the weight loss, it was what Pete and Jane changed my mindset. Um because they were saying just do little bits at a time because you want this end goal quickly. This TV program was
0: clearly a pivotal moment in Scott's life, but I was curious to know why
1: and how did he possibly get chosen? Well, originally we was a I've got a friend who had got a barbers in Chapel Ash called Greg Mason. Um, We'd we done a, something on the radio about us back then. They were saying the heavy bikers from the uh, Harley Davidson against the people from the barbers. And Jane at the time, was a she'd done a, a men's health clinic from there, which was superb for men because back then men never talked about anything. And I know it's probably only, what, probably 15, 20 years ago, but men don't talk about the weight. There'd be none of this, oh, I've got to have a shave and look good. It was all bruteness and being hairy. There's none of this shaving and all that then. And she changed the mind of a lot of people that went in there. I, I even believe that there was somebody she used to get you to check your testicles for cancer and that. And at the start, it was a, it. was probably a bit of a laugh at the start, but when people started realising how bad there was, she changed a lot of people's lives. And you used to go, you'd have your hair cut and Jane would be sitting in the back office and you'd go and see Jane. And then we did this programme and it was us against the Ollie Davidson who could lose weight and we lo- we lost more weight. So then Jane, I believe, um, the television company contacted Jane and said, do you know any people that do this? And I says, yeah. And she obviously put me forward. And at the time, it was fat families, and it was to try and get your family in a better lifestyle. And to be fair, at the time, we we crap. Everything was fried. Um, everything was bought from processed. And that's a big thing that Jane and Pete always taught me, stop processed food cook so you know what's in it, you don't know what's injected into it, you don't know how much fats and all that is. And I really changed my way of eating. Don't get me wrong, I love a beer and I love a nice meal now, but I think about it after, and I do that once a week or once a month. And I just, I'm better in my mind. After that, um, I had a bit of a rough time in life. I did, I, um I moved to Newport, which I thought was great. My business was thriving. I'd got a shelf of business, three cars, posh house. And um, me and the missus, we never saw each other. I never saw the kids get to school. And I was just living off my credit card. And I'd, I'd lost contact a bit, I think, with Pete and Jane. And um, I was really busy. I was hardly sleeping. And I found Pete up and I said, Pete, I'm at breaking point. And he says... Your mental health is more important than anything. And I couldn't sleep. I went to the doctor's and he tried to get me on antidepressants and Peter, said, forget that, forget antidepressants. He was at a place at the time, Thorpe Alkin, which is bloody like two and a half, three hours drive from ours, but I was in such a low state at the time. We used to drive there once a week, me and the missus, and we'd do a boot camp there and then we'd do a programme. At the time, Pete knew I was struggling for money. He was charging people stupid amounts of money at the time um, to be a coach. But he said, I know you can't afford it. If you put the time in, I'll help you. And um, I met a gentleman called Pete Hickenbottom at the time. And he, he was a boxing trainer, a pro and amateur boxing trainer. And the missus says, why don't you try boxing? Um... And I've always liked boxing, but I always thought, nah, I'm too fat for boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Christmas, she, for a Christmas present, she went and saw Pete and gave me um, a voucher for 12 one to one sessions with Pete going. So, really, all the Pete's in my life have been quite good. So, I got Pete down in London helping me out that way. And then I'd, I'd started boxing with Pete Bottom. Um you it took them a to care of me, you're as fat as butter, you know, all this. But we had jest and in the end it got from one to one where I could train in with a class and then eventually I did a one-to-one boxing bout. Obviously I was the fat kid so I had to fight somebody that was six foot seven giant, but it was probably one of my best achievements. But it took me from going down the antidepressant route, which I don't think I was anti I don't think I was depressed at the time. I think it was more of my brain was racing and I had to stop before I had a mental breakdown. We, we sold our house back there, moved into rented accommodation. It was probably a low lot time in our life. But for my life, I lead a lot better life now, mentally, physically. And I've always, since then, trained to this day. Even if I'm overweight, when people look at scales, yeah, we all get on the scales. But as a mental health issue, even if I'm 20 stone... I'm going training and then recently um, I wanted to push my life on again business wise but I still wanted time with my family so Pete Cohen's got this thing called MI365 and last year we I spoke to him I had an interview with him and he said Scott where do you want to go on life and um, I says well I want to be a better person I want to I got into faith I started going to church which people laugh at me because you wouldn't think I was a churchgoer. Uh, And I said, you know what I've always fancied doing? Being playing golf. Because I'll go to the gym, I'll do a knee as hard as possible, but then I'll sit driving all day or I'll sit at home waiting for the next call for some work. And he says, why don't you do it? I said, because people have told me I'm too old. And he said, you ain't too old to do anything. And so I've got a friend who's... a a golf coach, he learned, my Jack Hamlet, he he learned started learning me golf, and our target was to get to 100 shots around a golf course, which most golfers can do, but I couldn't. I was shooting 145, and I shot one one just before lockdown. So this last lockdown has done me in a bit. The first lockdown was okay because you could still do golf. So my golfing started the coffee. I joined um, a gym in Willingall, and my mate, who's a PT there. He helped me out. John Marsh and he said Scott we've got to move to the next level I was never a strong lad really Um, he said you've got to build muscle and get shape, I'd always lost weight and then I'd have flabby skin and um, he's text took me to the next level as in he's took me from flabby to strength when I first went with him I used to bench press 12 kilos a side on dumbbells, my best with him was 3 reps of 50 kilos a side so that's why I say to people don't always look at the Scales He's he's now opened um, Him and Nathan I think them partners have opened an healthy eating shop Called Prep and Going with and all And when you're busy mm-hmm. You just pick up a pasty Or a sausage roll or a McDonald's And I think there needs to be more shops like that the, Even from a kid's age I think if they got into schools Instead of Ah oh, baby, what you got today Fish finger and chips Chicken nuggets and chips Everything's with chips at school's if people like John and Nathan could get into schools and say, we'll produce this food, yet yeah, it might be five or six quid, but it's a save in the long run as you're older. I believe when I was a kid, that's where I needed help. If, if, if I'd never bumped into that teacher, if I hadn't bumped into Jane and Pete, I reckon I'd have been dead of obesity.
0: Scott's very passionate about the world now, but I was keen to know
1: what was life like for him as a child. Well, we lived in a, on a council estate, so... People laugh at you now. And it, you can't blame blame your mum and dad. I don't really get on with my mum and dad. But you can't blame them. There was none of these benefits now, like your tax credits and all that. So if your dad or your mum was out of work, you'd go and they'd get, your, they'd get a sack of spuds, a load of sausages, some eggs. So that you got meals, you'd have sausage and chips, egg and chips, beans and chips, sausage sandwiches, potatoes. Um, you'd have jackie potatoes. But... Back then, they'd get probably £20, £30 a week to live on. Now, you get hundreds of pounds off. Kids shouldn't starve these days. I oh, know you're on the bread line, but you're not really on the bread line like back then. You'd, there was none of this tax credits and that. So you can blame your parents, and they could have probably helped your a bit more, but back then, vegetables and healthy stuff is expensive, and I still to this day think that healthy eating is an expensive habit. Um, so I think... If we could get back into them, and like I said about the shop, that prep and go. If I'm busy now, yeah, people might think it's five pounds, five pounds dear. But you go to McDonald's, you don't think twice You're spending four ninety whatever on a happy, on, not on an happy meal, on um, what is it like a set menu meal. I don't know what they call now because I, I try not to go there. I'd rather go to prep and go. They do a Chinese meal as a cheap, but it's never over five, six hundred calories. So you feel like you're having a treat, but you're not. Um, And I think that needs to be pushed more into schools and from an early age. And I think it's all about mindset. And yet they say that the people, some people say about metabolism, they say that it's a fallacy. I know that I've trained hard and I know that my diet's good and I'm never going to be as thin as my son. He's just got a better metabolism whether it was because the metabolism you work up from a young age and then it carries on. I, I never started really properly exercising until I was 18, 19 and above, whereas Louis, my son, he started boxing, and I think it was probably 6, 7. So he's always, yeah, he got a bit chubby through a certain stage of his life, but I just don't, I think you've got to get that metabolism going at a young age. Scott's
0: relationship with food has evolved and he's passed these values onto his family. Lockdown was tough for all of us. But I wanted to know, how did he find it?
1: To be fair, the first lockdown was superb for me. Um, well, it was good in a way, but bad in another. I'd obviously started golf. Um, I, I was at Butlings with the kids. Me, Mandy, and... Well, me, Mandy, and our youngest daughter, Lottie, we was at um, Butlings, and we said, I'd been doing training with John, and I, I'd been bulking up my muscle, et cetera. But he said to me... In working hard here now, you've got to get 10,000 steps in. So we we started, while well, we was at Butlings, we never had a beer. One of our best holidays at Butlings, we never had a beer. We went to all the shows, we walked around Butlings, we went on the bikes and we, we tried 10,000 steps a day. My God, my feet was killing me. And to go back to that now and think that that was hard, I can't believe it because now I did 20,000 steps a day. Every round of golf, People say, "Oh, it's an all man sport." I was burning off three and a half thousand calories. I wore a moise arm belt, and I was doing between sixteen and twenty thousand steps a day. So in the first lockdown, I'd lost a bit of muscle because I couldn't go to the gym. The gyms was closed. But I'd lost two stone. I ain't saying that was all fat, but there was some muscle. But there was a lot of fat. It changed my body shape. The first lockdown was good for me. We. We did a charity hair shave, so I shaved my hair off, and our local community was all texting and emailing saying, it's great, we raise £1,000 for the NHS or something, which is obviously small compared to Captain Tom or whatever, but everybody loved it round here. It was more of a camaraderie. I think our town pulled together more. And my daughter, she loves a a bit of exercise, but she loves her food as well, similar to me. So we started doing a, a key fit class in the garden, and we'd live stream it on on um, Facebook, it was called the Little and Large um, exercise class. So we was doing step-ups, we was doing leg raises, and it was superb, and everybody was adjoining. We'd probably get 100 followers or 100 people watching it. And then every night we'd do a karaoke show or we'd do, um, say, put some music on in in air and pretend to have a disco, just to keep everybody together, because the first lockdown there was a lot of mental health problems And then we went back and we carried on golf and I started training and I started getting my strength back as well as my fitness. I was doing a 5K run. I'd never run 5K in my life. We was going on the park runs. I started doing a couch to 5K where I'd do two minutes walk, 30 seconds run. And within 12 weeks, if I can advise anybody, get that app. I don't know whether it's any good for your joints. I'm not a doctor or anything, but... From walking to running I was doing a park run and me and my mate Dean was going over Saturday doing a run me and the wife was doing it round Willinghall Park etc and it was probably the fittest I'd been that way but I wanted to gain my strength as well because I'd never felt as good um, strength wise I miss the boxing, I don't get to boxing that much I need to get back into that because for mental health reasons it's good and now this next lockdown not me about to be if I'm honest I've always been a positive person. I think it was probably I love Christmas since we've we've got a, a twenty two year well, twenty-one year old coming twenty-two and we've got a eighteen year old. But since we had our daughter who's now six, it, it's rejuvenated Christmas really. And for me, Christmas ain't about the presents and that. Yeah, the kids love the presents, but I like getting I'm a people's person. I love meeting up. I like Enjoying times. I, I like a beer over Christmas. I don't drink all the time. I, I can give up beer tomorrow. I, I'm not a big drinker, but I like, like I like to enjoy my food. Mm-hmm. Whether it's fatty food, whether it's I, I, I like I like nice food. And some people say it's fatty food, but I like what I like.
0: And you found this lockdown
1: tough? Now, since this lockdown, I think it was through Christmas, um, we would started going to the gym. I'd been two days at the gym and locked the gyms down, um, which was hard for me, really. I need something to focus on mentally. So that's when I started. I, I probably started trading, joined a network marketing group, and I started trading mainly because of not doing anything and being bored. And you shouldn't be bored because I, I could still go and walk around the park, but with the snow and the ice, we tried to we had a great time when the snow come down with the babies, sledging, etc but you can't do the walking you can't do the golf I think golf was good for me the last year because you don't realise you're having a laugh with the lads oh what a crap shot that is oh um, don't miss that putting. and it wasn't competitive because we're not good golfers it was more of the health and fitness side of it and I used to do that every Sunday and try and get out any time I could in the week and I think I've really missed that and Exercise, that's what lets your endorphins go in your brain and that's what I missed but now we've started walking around the park um, and doing stuff and I'm doing the trading in the day to try and keep my mind occupied His positivity is
0: infectious He's ambitious and has a get up and go attitude
1: But where did it come from?
0: I was keen to find out
1: Originally he come from Pete Cohen Pete Cohen's always changed your mind. Uh, he goes on about this duck in your brain and he does some people's head in. You I know he, he drives people crazy with it. But that get up and go, if you get up the morning, the best thing that he's ever taught me is, like, one. I'll, I'll get up in a minute, I'll get up in a minute. Just say, I'm getting up in three seconds, three, two, one, and get out of bed. It's the best thing you can do. Get downstairs, I never used to drink coffee. I drink this coffee now, it re-energies me. It's the first thing I do in the morning, I have a coffee, I feel great. Um the other person was P. Tickingbottom. Um it made me believe in myself. Um yeah, he's probably a bit harsh on the training when I say my ankles hurting that, old shut up morning and all that. But he, he, he made you believe in yourself as well. Um, there was a chap I've not trained with for ages. He was from Wentzfield, but he left the the industry called Dan. I forgot his last name, Dan. He he, changed, he was always on a big believer in mindset, and he was the first one I started lifting weights with. And then eventually now, Johnny Marsh, I can talk to him. I'll phone him up. He'll say, you're moaning sometimes, which I am. I'm a big moaner. Everybody knows I'm a moaner. But he got me from lifting lightweights to heavyweights but while keeping my fitness. And I still speak to Pete Cohen once a week, every week, which really Pete don't need to speak to me. He, he's done well, he's gone on television. He's he he just likes helping people and he's put me into other people like there's a chap called Dan Jukes who's um he's more like a, he's called a millennial mentor and it's a way of thinking and believing in yourself business wise. Um, But I just think the motivation comes from exercise I think it's all about exercise And if you have a bad day Don't worry about that day Start again the next day Because if you think Oh I've had a bad day today or we'll have a bad day tomorrow You've got to always think better than you feel So if you feel like crap Think you feel good Because you will be good It's your brain that controls most of your body
0: Scott's mindset is inspiring but he's also very humble. He dropped into conversation a more
1: recent achievement. I don't think there's any limitations, but I think it all comes from how, how you um, how you perceive yourself. I also, like, I started mountain biking, I've not mentioned, I'm not good at any of these sports, but I, I got up to my mate, Rich Deakin, a very good mate of mine, he does anything for me. He, I, I'm absolutely crap around the house, so the blinds in my house, Richard's put up the telly, Richard put up, he does everything for me here, but he said, come mountain biking, I said, Rich, I can't do mountain biking, we went over the park, um, he said, come to Sutton Park, I did a mile on a mountain bike, I could have run better than mountain biking, I was crappity, within a year, he got me in the European Championships, which sounds a big thing, but it ain't a big thing, it's single speed, you've got one gear, and we was in Slovenia, in the mountains of Slovenia, and he, There was him, he was a lot better than me, so he shot off in front. This was probably 2016 time. I've got some pictures. And I met two blogs from Holland, Jerome, the the two Jerones. The one's got 8% vision, and he was riding a mountain bike round Slovenia in mountains. And he was another big inspiration to me because if he can do it with 8% vision, anybody can do it. So I was really struggling at the back of the pack here. I was probably, I think there was only two people behind me and I thought I was fit at the time. But mountain biking's a different thing. You've got one gear and you've got to get round 10 miles, which 10 miles sounds easy on a bike. You ride 10 miles up hills, it's not easy. You've tried Canic Chase, that's three miles. It's like doing three, three times the height and three time, times the lap. And I finished that and that was probably one of my biggest achievements in my life. You met the. I'm um, drinking with Steve, who's he's the world endurance champion. Um, Steve Daly He put. He felt like he come out of it and he treats you like a mate, and you're having a beer after, and then you'd realise that anything's possible. If you put, if you train, <laughs> it's it's the compound effect for me. As long as you get better one day at a time, you'll do it. You'll get better, and it's people like that that inspire me. And I just do, I'm glad that I've found golf because it's a sport. I'm never going to be brilliant at it. But it's exercise without feeling like exercise. It's now good saying, I'm going to do a 10-mile run in 80. It's an absolute waste of time because you'll do that 10-mile run for the first two months, but you'll never do it again. Then you'll move on to something else.
0: So we've learned what inspires Scott and we've been inspired ourselves.
1: But what advice would Scott give to those you're in a position that he used to be in. You need to ask, help, ask ask for help because if it weren't for that teacher back when I was a kid, if it were for Pete, you need to ask it for help because I don't think you'll ever do it on your own without support. It's a to start, even if it's your wife, if it's your kids, say to your kids, oh, I could really do with help. Just the first thing is, start off, if you've never done any exercise at all, say, everybody's got a phone these days or everybody can get it. A clock how many steps to do just get up every morning and say today i'm going to walk a thousand steps even if you're out of breath even if you can't do it then say oh next week i'm going to do 1,100 or 2,000 before you know it you're going to be doing 20,000 steps i guarantee you i was 20 stone i couldn't walk a mile back when i first started well when i started with pete i was probably 19 stone i think but I've got now muscle definition. So really, if I'd have been going to the gym at the time, I'd have probably been twenty-two, twenty-three stone. I feel healthier now than I ever do. I'm forty-two. I just—you've got to ask for help, and you've got to don't worry about the scales to start with. The use use food as well as energy. You will feel hungry the first time you go. Don't be scared oh, I've done this exercise, I'm hungry. You're hungry for a reason. If it's hunger, if it's just one in it, oh, I want a chocolate bar or I want a bag of crisps. If you're hunger, when you've done that exercise, you'll feel like you want a piece of meat or you want some vegetables. Or sometimes people slag salt off. But I've been golfing and you're getting cramped. That's your body saying, I need some salt. I need some water. And I, I used to go golf and I, I wouldn't take... A couple of bottles of water. My God, it was the worst thing I'd ever done. It did down at you there at golf, but three hours after, I always put two bottles of water in and now golf. Forget all that pop and that, just drink the water. Or squash if you don't like water. But I think the best thing I can say to anybody is you've got to start. Without starting, you're going nowhere.
0: And clearly Scott has a range of opinions, so I was really interested to hear his thoughts on obesity in the UK?
1: Well, it shows, don't it? All the government uh, ministers and they are saying obesity don't help. People that are dying dying because I'm overweight. And I don't think it's just overweight because people can be overweight with this BMI, but they can be fit as hell. I think it's fitness and learning about your food. Remember when we were kids and you'd have a nurse or a nurse at school? I think we need to go back to that. Not a nurse as such, but people to develop your health. So from a very young age, five, six, you used to learn stuff about life when we was at school. Now, they can't wait so you can do the best maths, the best English, the best chemistry, whatever. I think we need to learn about life, learn about eating healthy. If you learn at five or six, my daughter, one of her favourite foods is carrots. Now, my dad had never give me carrots when I was a kid. We need to teach what's nice as a young age your your taste buds when you're born don't say i love chocolate i love sugar it's like that's like an addiction and then you get your diet pops i was addicted to diet coke or diet pepsi or whatever it is i never drink diet pops anymore one because it don't help with arthritis and two because you're still addicted to the sugar Going back to who I used to work with my mate who does the blinds, etc. I used to have two or three sugars in my coffee. Now did work? I did. He said, "I'm not buying sugar just for you." Since that day, I've never had sugar in my tea and coffee. It takes 21 days. Don't have sugar in your tea or coffee for 21 days. You'll never have it again. But you've got you've got to start these little steps. Do things little at a time. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm not a preacher because. I fall off the bandwagon But it's getting back on there I'll always be fit For the size I'm a big bloke I'm, I'm never Like I said I'm never going to be Tense down I'm never going to be Somebody with, with Muscles Because Some of them people Ain't healthy But they put their body through This They say about the Atkins diet And that I'm, I'm no doctor or anything But of that gives you An headache and makes you feel like crap Ain't good for you And it's unsustainable you need something to be sustainable. Eat eat what you like, putting small quantities. If you want fish and chips on a Friday night, make sure you do it enough calorie deficit. So go go golf. Have your fish and chips after you've done a day's of golf, or do it after you've done a marathon. Don't sit on the city all day and then have fish and chips and a couple of cans of beer because you're going to put weight on. It's like your car if you if you fill it up but you don't drive it anywhere, it's still there. It's the same with food. If you don't burn the food off, it ain't going nowhere. With the life that
0: Scott's lived and the things he's experienced and with COVID at the forefront of our mind, I asked Scott, how is he and his family now? We're happy
1: in life and I think that's what people have got to be. You've got to be happy. Yeah we had a nice big posh house in Newport that was like three times worth three times this, but it was most unhappiest time of our lives. And now, I've, like, I've started the trading. I, I think in, since COVID and what I do, educate youngsters, not just in wealth, in, uh, sorry, in health, wealth as well, this nine to five job I ain't never going to get you rich. You've got to have different streams of income. Do something that earns you money while you're asleep, if you can. Do something, yeah, have your steady income like I do the chauffeuring or I do a bit of account, but I do a bit of trading or I buy some shares, or I have a bit of cryptocurrency. Never, always look at and always look at it yourself because people say it's a scam because the rich want to get richer and they want the poorer to get poorer. So always look at it yourself. I'm not saying go out and buy loads of cryptocurrency. I'm not saying do stocks and shares, but just be open-minded and try and your health and wealth are the most best two things in the world but I think your wealth comes from your health. If you look after your body and mind, the wealth will come anyway. I'm never going to be a millionaire unless XRP goes through the roof, but I'm happy. I'll do what I want, when I want. I don't get told what to do. And if I want a game of golf, I'll go for a game of golf.
0: I hope you've enjoyed the second episode of covid obesity for more information about us go to the boss.org or find us on twitter at obesity where we'll be happy to engage with you join us next time where we have another amazing guest who talks us through his incredible journey in the past year i'll speak to you soon